Well, awesome. It's so good to be in the house this morning. God is evident in this place, and it's so cool that we serve a God that's everywhere, that it's not just in these church walls that we can feel him, but everywhere we go, that he paid a price to where he's available for us in all situations and all places. For those of you who don't know, my name is Nick Wickmer. I get the opportunity to help with the worship team here at One Seed. Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Our pastors, Jeff and Michelle, are actually out of town in New York, um, which is much needed. If you knew, I mean, you can see them on stage, but you see them behind stage. The things that they do for this church um, takes a lot of work. And so it's so good that they have this time to just get away. Um, they're being fed by another pastor, just learning and receiving, because you can't give anything if you have nothing received, right? And so it's so good that our pastors are taking time to rest and be fed, to bring back what they've learned. And I, I know for a fact that he's probably antsy to get back here, because uh, that's how our, our pastor is. He loves doing what he does. Um, but I just encourage you just to pray for him, as both of them, as they're out, um, and that they're just enjoying this time, and that they have safe travels on their way back. You know, with speaking publicly, this isn't something I do a whole lot. I get to sing, which is a privilege, but um, singing is all on the screen for me, and speaking publicly is all from the heart. And I'm sure a lot of us have publicly spoken, maybe in school or college, and there's always that moment right before you're about to speak, and you get that feeling in your stomach. You know what I'm talking about, where it's like, oh gosh, when it turns up, I don't know what I'm talking about. And then usually you get up there and you're shaking a bit, but it goes away. It's kind of like that feeling when you're on a roller coaster and it's right before the drop. I'm thinking about the Screaming Eagle at Six Flags. That first drop is just, it's harsh, man. You feel it. But it's that, that stomach feeling. And there was actually a carnival um, in this area a couple months ago. And so me and a couple of friends went and it was the last night. And we go there and so like, okay, so it's either $3 for each ride or it's 20 bucks for a wristband, I said, well, give me the wristband, and I'll hit every ride here. I'm not wasting a dime. So I go on every ride. Some of them are like bumper cars that I'm way too big for, but I said, I don't care. I paid the $20. And then other ones were quite fun, and we got toward the, towards the end. And here I am with this attitude, oh, I'm going to do every ride until there's this one ride. And I'm going to do my best to describe it, but it was like this, this pendulum, right? And it was going like this, but like a thousand times bigger, okay? It's not the size of my finger. And it's going like this, but then as it does that, it's spinning at the same time. And I said, nice, I'll, I'll pass. And so my friends go, and they're doing it, and I was like, wait, that kind of looks like a lot of fun. So they get off, and, and I was like, I'll only go if they ask me to go, if they go again with me. And they're like, yeah, let's go. I was like, all right. I was like, well, it looked fun. It didn't look that bad. So I'll go ahead and do it. Even though deep down I knew that I get motion sick very easily. I can't even go to the Lake of the Ozarks without throwing up in the back seat, or at least close to throwing up. So I get on, and I'm harnessed, and I'm like, well, there's no going back now. And so it starts to take off, and actually it was, it was kind of cool for a little bit. Like it was, it was going at, at full speed of what I thought, and it's going, and all of a sudden, as, it's, as, it, as I think is at its full speed, I look down at the, the guy who's running it. And let me mind you, this is the last night this place is open. We got 15 minutes till close. This guy was just having fun, I think. And I won't forget the way that he looked at us and slowly pushed it up. And I said, what is this, what's this guy doing? And so I kid you not, within that five seconds, I felt 
G-force hit my chest and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's going like this, it's spinning, and I don't know what I felt, but it wasn't the power of God, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and so it stops, I get off, everything's spinning but the ride, and I get off and I try and find the nearest trash can. Nothing happened, I didn't throw up, so then I just lay down on the grass, everything's spinning, and I immediately, what? I regret the decision I just made. In an everyday battle, the body desires what's in front of it, but deep down we know what we actually need. See, my flesh wanted something. I thought it would be fun, but deep down I knew what I should have done. And I think we do this a lot. There's a lot of things that we do, like, you know, on Donut Sunday, whenever there's donuts, and some of us are like, oh, I'm on a diet. And then we eat the donut, and we're like, well, the diet starts tomorrow, I guess. I mean, you know? Or when we binge watch those, those series on Netflix and... We watch one too many, and we're like, okay, that's the last episode. And then you watch five more, and then you wake up the next day, and you're like, why am I so tired? And you're wondering why. And the thing is, is it's, those aren't bad things, okay? Those, are, those aren't bad things. But it is bad when you don't have self-control. And our souls and our flesh are in an everyday battle of what we need versus what we want. That's the, that's the problem, is that we're in a battle with our flesh and with our soul. And so I was asking myself, I was like, what is our soul? And so there's a lot of context in the Bible. The Bible isn't always a dictionary where you can just look up a definition and find it. I wish it was that easy. Uh, God asks us to read it and really figure out what it is that he's saying. And so there's several scriptures on the soul. And I'm, honestly, there's probably hundreds about the soul. But I found this one <clears throat> that I think describes it pretty well. It's 2 Corinthians 4.16. It says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And so what I took from that is that there's an outer self to us and there's an inner self to us, right? I want to talk about our souls today. What is it that our soul desires? What is it that we are essentially feeding our souls? It's not a common question, but it's something we need to ask ourselves because the soul is essentially who we are. See, our soul can often identify who we are. Obviously, with our eyes, we can see our bodies. We can see flesh. We can see the hair on our, on our head. We can see the noses. We all have those things. But with our souls, it gives us unique um, differences. We have characteristics. We have abilities. We have personalities because of our soul. Some of us have gifts that other people don't because our souls were uniquely, uniquely made by God. And I think it's funny because what does America do? We're so focused on not the soul as much, but as the body, right? We go to the gym. We go to the gym. <laughs> Saying we're go we go to the gym. We got all these programs. We got Kino Body, Vince Shred, Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, uh, Keto. I'm just naming these because I've tried them all. None of them work. Um, and it's so true. Like we're so focused on our body, but we forget what's on the inside. And it's funny, a couple years ago, um, I was done being lazy. I was like, okay, I, I buy this membership. I don't go to the gym. So let me find a plan B. So I buy a weight set at Walmart and I spent way too much money on this thing. And so you think, okay, it's in my room. I have no excuses now. I try it for the first day. I'm like, okay, this is the day where I'm going to get huge, where I'm going to reach my goals. And then ring, ring, ring. Oh, <clears throat> one sec. Hey, what's up? I answer the phone. I'm on the phone for like 20 minutes. 
Then my friend reminds me that I have an essay to do. I said, okay, well, let me just do that real quick. And so I'm typing on my computer. In the middle of my workout, I'm typing on my computer. And then I get another text message saying, hey, you want to hang out? I'm like, sure. I just finished my paper. Well, I never actually finished my workout, right? Here I am thinking that I, that I have this gym in my house. There's no excuses. And honestly, if you're trying to do that, don't do it because it's probably the worst way to work out because everything you don't need to be doing is surrounding you. You're distracted. And so a couple months ago, uh, there was a guy, I, I sold it on Marketplace. I was like, I'm not going to use this weight set. I could use the money. And so this guy comes and picks it up. He's like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I just need to start getting in shape. And I figured, you know, I might as well just have a home workout set that I can do in my house. And I said, yeah, here you go. Have it. <laughs> Good luck, man. I literally gave it to him for like hardly nothing because I didn't, I knew that it was never going to be used again. But isn't it so much, just like that, that dusty weight set that was in my room, isn't it so much like our spiritual lives? And I'm so guilty of this. So I'm not saying this to the church because we are the church. I'm saying this because God has convicted my own heart of my Bible sometimes just sits on my end table for decoration. That worship playlist you have on your phone that you made never gets played. We get time throughout our day, and I'm so guilty of this, of being able to rest, but we're not resting in God's word or time with God. We're resting in what we think is rest by watching TV or eating a late night snack and just doing things we want to do. But here's the question. What would it look like if we were intentional in making our souls healthy? What if we were intentional with finding rest in God and God alone? I want us to pray and then we can dive into God's word and see what it is that he has for us this morning. Father, we love you. God, we thank you um, just for this building, for this community. And Lord, we just ask that you would open every one of our hearts. God, that every word that I speak is from your spirit. God, that you're leading and guiding us this morning and helping us to soak in what it is that you have for us, for us to grow spiritually and to grow your kingdom as we continue our lives, Jesus. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bible, or if you have your phone, whatever, whatever works, can you open up to Acts chapter 12, verse five? It'll be on the board for you. I'll give you a couple minutes to do that. And as you're doing that, I wanna explain this passage in Acts. I'm not reading it specifically for the story it's about, because there's a, if you know Stephen Furtick, he, he pointed this passage out before on one of his sermons and he picked out a small detail that is a whole message in itself and so I really love the way that he explained that because that's something I've been holding on to for so long because it's so true and you'll, you'll understand what I'm saying in a second so just to give you a sum up of what we're about to read Peter's in prison he's about to be put before trial in front of Herod the next day and what happens is an angel comes and rescues him and helps him escape prison. But I don't want to read that story. I want, to, I want us to grab something out of it. So Acts 12, verse 5 says, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was fervently praying to God for him. On the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, here it comes, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with chains, with sentries standing guard at the entrance to the prison, Right? Angels hums and saves him. What is it about that sentence? Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. I know a lot of you can't even sleep the night before a Monday night when you know you have work. So how on earth is Peter sleeping between two soldiers, chained up with the idea of death the next day, probably the worst case scenario. How on earth is he doing that? 
I think there's a lot of us that have, and this is, this is why it's, it's, it's been heavy on me because it's something I can relate to. If we have two soldiers next to us, right? We're trying to find rest and some of us are, are chained up. Some of us have fear on this side and anxiety on this side. Some of us have depression on this side and some of us have illness on this side. Some of us have family struggles and some of us have loss in families on the other side. And it's holding us back. It's, it's keeping us from our rest. And so you think, well, how on earth is Peter resting? He's in the same dilemma. He's in an external situation where he's literally bound by chains. He's literally in prison. That is worst case scenario. And I think the only way that he found peace, that he found rest that night to be able to fall asleep was by the peace of God. Because he knew what he was doing. He knew the mission that he was on. And the only way that you can find peace from God is when you seek it. He wasn't seeking other things. He didn't have melatonin. That wasn't available for him. He had the peace of God resting on him and assuring him that everything would be okay. And I think we often look to everything else but God for rest. I want to share some facts with you that probably most of you are going to hear like two or three words because there's a lot and I'm the same way. But I just want you to understand these statistics and that they're true. Anxiety, not depression, is the leading mental health issue among American youths. And clinicians and research both suggest it is rising. Based on data collected from the National Survey of Children's Health for ages 6 to 17, researchers found a 20% increase in diagnosis of anxiety between 2007 and 2012. So if it was bad in 2007 and 2012, I can only imagine how it is right now. It says that the United States is the third most depressed and anxious country in the world. And there's a couple more facts I can read, but it's just, it's just backing up the fact that this world is pretty messed up, but also our country is struggling too. And we have children being in environments, just being in school, and the stress and the things that they're surrounded by that we can't really help. It's just the way that this sinful world is developing and how anxiety and depression is slowly increasing and it's stealing our rest. But I want to share this quote that I, I think is so cool. It's by Judah Smith. He's another pastor. He says, and I want to say it slow so we can really grasp it. He says, do you know where worry comes from? It's from thinking we are in control. True rest is unattainable for those who are obsessed with leading their own lives. So you can't find rest when you're trying to control your own life. But rest is one of the primary postures of those who know Jesus. Because we have a God who is in control and who is taking care of us. How many are thankful that Jesus gives us rest? That he builds us, that he strengthens us? And that we don't have to control this life on our own. It's not in our hands. But God is extending his hand and saying, let me take care of it for you, child. I have you, but will you trust me? A lot of you may or may not know, but I work at Red Robin, which is really a good place to eat. I love eating there, which is probably bad if I work there. Um, but I went into this job a little nervous because I'm a slow thinker. I'm slow in every aspect. I like taking my time with things, and so jumping into a job that isn't really that, it's, it's high, it's high intensity, it's fast paced. Um, I was hesitant, but I went ahead and did it. And I'm glad I did. I've overcome just the obstacles that, you know, 
fast pace brings me. Um, but since I've been there, it's still stressful, and it stresses a lot of people out that I work with, the other servers. And it was actually a couple weekends ago we got hit pretty hard with a, a pretty big uh, crowd of people. And so we're all, like, going crazy. And if you don't know the term for when you're really in trouble, it's called being in the weeds. And you're like, like I, there's nothing I can do right in this moment. Um, and a lot of us were in that situation. And so as the rush dies down, I'm, I'm kind of noticing, like, okay, people are gone, but also where are half the servers? And I, I asked one of my friends that worked with me, I was like, well, where's everyone at? And she's like, oh, they're outside smoking. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, I can understand. See, that's the thing is, and I'm not, I'm not attacking you if you smoke. That's not my intention of, of saying this, but it's, it's understanding that sometimes we lean on a buzz. Sometimes we lean on substances to numb our feelings, right? It's true. I think we're all guilty of using something, whether it is a substance or a career or people, to hide what we're truly feeling. And it's hard because a lot of the people that I work with, they, they're stressed. You know, you, and even I get wired, like, you know, you work a five-hour shift and you're done and it's 11 o'clock and I'm trying to go to bed, you know, on a Saturday night and my brain is just wired. So a lot of these people are, are going out to relieve their stress by drinking, by numbing the pain. And I think that's a, it's a pretty big struggle if we're, if we're leaning on those things for our rest but when we use those things for rest, it's kind, of like a, it's kind of like a cat nap. And for those of you who are parents and I'm sure are very busy, you look for cat naps throughout the day, right? Whether you're working at a job and you had a long night before and you're like, okay, I'm gonna take a 30 minute nap on my lunch break. And you take that 30 minute nap and you're like, you wake up and you're in worse condition. You didn't get any rest, you feel crabbier, you feel tired because it was a cat nap. Because you didn't get your true rest that only a long night of rest can bring you. And I think that's how Jesus is, is he's saying that we're running to these things to find rest in, but they're like catnaps. They're not, they're not giving us true rest, but God's saying, I'm your good night's rest. I can give you the rest that you need, but you need to trust me and lean on me and only me. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, verse 30 I'm sorry, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think this is such, a, this is such a, an important message, I think, for the church, is that if we want to keep doing this, if we want to keep not only serving in ministry here at the church, but if we want to serve outside these walls, we can't rely on other things to, to give our rest. We have to trust in Jesus. And that's hard because God puts us through things to seek him and find him. And we have to rely on him essentially and trust that he's going to provide the rest. I think of Peter on the boat, you know the story of him walking on water. And with him being in the boat, that's a comfort place. That describes our comfort zone, right? Because the boat floats. The boat isn't going to sink. But when I step on water, you sure as heck believe I'm going to fall and sink into the water. But God's ways are different. We can't understand the way that he works. And he says, why don't you step out of the boat? Why don't you step out of the ways that you're trying to find rest and get out of the boat and walk on the water and see what happens? Because that's the kind of God that we serve. And he's saying, trust me, have faith in me, and you'll walk on water. He's extending your, his hand to you right now in your situation and is saying,
I love you. I want you to trust me, and only I can provide the rest that you need. Judah continues with his quote, and he says, this is so good. If you can leave anything, if you can leave with anything from this sermon, I hope you take this. It's that if God designed the human soul, then it's only logical that he would know how to fix it when it's out of alignment. I'm going to say that one more time. If God designed the human soul, then it's only logical that he would know how to fix it when it's out of alignment. See, it just goes back to saying that we're going to the wrong things to find our rest. It's like going to the Apple store with your Android phone and saying, hey, can you fix this? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And God's saying, I have the stock parts. I have the parts that you've ruined, but I have the original parts that I can put back together. And we're using these things to help us find rest, but it's like putting duct tape on your cracked bumper. It's going to fall off. Winter's coming, and it's going to tear it down. Zip ties aren't going to hold it back together, but the hands of God will, and we have to rely on that for our strength and for our rest. So what is it that we need for our souls? If, if we can leave from today understanding what is it that we need, it really goes back to this. And this is so hard for me to say because I'm so guilty of not using this. We use everything else. We try and figure out ways of our own understanding. We're a go, go, work hard, grind till you die kind of century. This is what we're living in and this is what kids are being taught essentially. I mean, parents, for those of you who don't know, if you see Instagram, it's a, there's a lot of, of bad things on it too, but also just the idea of, of entrepreneurs being so heavy of saying, you have to do this every day, you have to grind so hard or else you're not gonna make it. And that's discouraging as a young adult because I haven't really gone into the world. I'm still in college and I'm trying to figure things out. And so if I feel like I'm not doing enough, I feel like I'm not gonna be enough. And God, even God, which is crazy, God rested on the seventh day. He did all of this work and he still found rest. And I think that's for some of us who are go-go-getters and this, this generation and this world of going or else you won't make it, it's important that we remind ourselves to rest physically and spiritually. So on a spiritual level, how do we find rest? And I think this is really what it looks like is that we open our Bible, right? And we read Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path, right? Trust in God, lean on him, but oh wait, hang on, I got a, I got a phone call. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm really struggling. I don't know, I don't really know how to handle it. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah, you're right, that'd be a good way. Yeah, buy a new car and go in debt. That'd be, yeah, I, I like that, that's cool, sweet, okay, cool. Right? We're going back and forth. We got to pick one or the other. What about Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11? It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Okay, let me just go on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, cool. Man, they got married and they got that brand new house. What the heck? What am I doing with my life? Oh my gosh. Why are they doing all these cool things? And my life looks nothing like that. We're comparing the two. This is what happens when we're we're not using the word to fill us essentially because it's the only way that we're gonna be focused. A lot of us are unfocused. I'm so guilty of it. It's so easy to get distracted. Just like when I was trying to work out, we get distracted and there's so many things in our way. Here's the thing, we're at church one, two hours out of the week 
And then we go home and then life begins and Monday starts. And it's hard. And if here's the thing with church is that church is not meant to just fill you up, right? It does, which is great, but we can't depend on church to fill us up. It's great for community. It's great to come together and fellowship and worship the Lord, but we have to essentially fill ourselves up throughout the week. If you, if you charge your phone one time a week, you better believe it's gonna be dead throughout the rest of the week, right? And so it's important that as, as much as we have emphasized this, and it's so basic as it sounds, it's so important that we apply this thing to our life. And whatever that looks like, maybe it's just starting with a verse a day, or maybe it's reading a chapter a day, but we have to feed our souls because our souls are getting hungry. And if we're feeding it with the wrong thing, just like our bodies, it's not gonna react well. We're not gonna get in shape. And I think it's holding us back from what God has because we're not feeding fruit to our spirit. We're feeding junk food and it's not sustaining and it's like a cat nap, and it's not helping you rest. So I just pray today that this just encourages you because it's okay to rest. And that's something that I've always struggled with of always thinking I, that I have to do more, but God is saying, find rest in me. And that we have a priority in our lives to feed our souls because it's essentially who we are. Because when we go to heaven, God doesn't need our bodies. He's just taking our souls. And so if we're not feeding it right, we don't really know where we're going to go if we're not taking care of our souls the right way. So let's just pray, and uh, we'll send you out in the rest of your day. Father, we love you. God, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for just um, putting a word on all of our hearts to understand that this this is a heavy topic of just seeking rest in you and God that a lot of us are tired a lot of us are struggling with two soldiers on our left and right and so God we just ask that that only through through you that we can find our rest God that we're not getting distracted throughout our week that we're not getting distracted throughout our life of what it is that we need to seek to find rest God we just pray that you just give us a peace give us a uplifting energy that only you can provide God through your rest Lord I pray for everyone in this building God that you're putting your hand over them God that you're leading them that you're guiding them God that you're telling them right now that that you love them and that you want to be there for them in their situations even when they don't feel it God that you are here in this moment right now and you will be here in the quiet and dark moments when it feels like you're not God you are always present you are always good Lord, we love you so much. God, we're thankful for what you do, what you're doing through this church. And God, I I pray that these words of encouragement just helps this church body grow into a strong army, God, a strong army that's ready to fight for your kingdom, that's ready to fight for this world, that's ready to fight for this country, for kids that, and kids and generations that are growing up stressed, God, that we can teach them that that's, you don't have to lean on those things to find rest, that we can find true rest in you, Lord. So we just pray that you feed our souls this week, that you fill us up. We love you so much, Lord. And it's in your mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.